Uh, sure. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. How are you? That's what I thought. I'm doing great, actually. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm doing good. So if you guys do not know me, my name is Kennedy, and I am one of the junior leaders. Love my people more than anything. Um, I've only been leading with Crossroads for four months or so now, so pretty fresh, I guess. But on my heart tonight was my story. A little bit of where I've been and where I went and where I'm going. I think it's important for us to hear people's stories and hear the way that God has moved in people's lives because he moves in amazing ways, amazing, amazing ways. So my story starts out pretty simple. Uh, my parents forced me to go to church, to my grandparents' church at Columbine United. Um, I went there, I went to Sunday school. I didn't really know who Jesus was. All I knew was Veggie Tales, pretty much that was, yeah. that was it. I, di I didn't know anything else but that. So I went and I went and I went and I played board games and listened to people do worship music and didn't really understand the concept. I was young. I didn't know who God was or what he was gonna do in my life yet. So getting into elementary school, still didn't know. Still was going to church, started to go to Southeast and started to work with the youth group a little bit. I carried the snacks up and down. My mom did all the dinners and that kind of stuff. So I was there. I listened to the worship music again and started to figure it out. Uh, my middle school years, I ended up going to a charter school. I went away from all my friends. I knew no one. It was brand new for me. Um, I met a lot of new people. A lot of people in my life that maybe didn't do so much good for me, but were still in my life. So I went throughout the years and I ended up reconnecting with one of my friends, Kelsey. And Kelsey brought me to Crossroads. I came to Crossroads my seventh grade year, got to meet some amazing people, Jeremy, Crispo, a lot of people that I did not know, and it was fresh, it was new, it was nothing like I knew before. I kept going, it was Wednesdays and Sundays at 6.30, I was there, I was learning, I was figuring it out. About midway through my seventh grade year, an amazing person came into my life and showed me that God was real. Started to walk me down this path and I continued and I, I kept up with it Wednesdays and Sundays. I was always there. And then I got assaulted by a classmate. And I didn't understand how it could happen. I didn't understand why it would happen. I didn't understand why this big, amazing God could do something so horrible to someone so young that was still figuring it out. I lost my faith. I stopped coming to church completely. Jeremy, Crispy, texting me constantly. Didn't know where I was. I wouldn't answer. I went to a deep pit, a deep, deep pit, and I didn't know how to get out of it. So then one night, I got a text from my friend Kelsey, and she said, hey, where are you at? And I said, I'm at home. She said, why don't you come down to youth group tonight? And I said, eh, I don't know. 
I don't know. She drove up to my house, she pulled me out of my house, and she forced me to come to youth group. Forced me. When I say forced, I mean literally dragged me out of my house and made me sit in a chair and would not let me move. Eighth grade year, I ended up going to Sierra Middle School. Ugh. I did not want to go, but I didn't want to stay where I was. I was depressed. I was anxious. I didn't want to be around anyone. I went to Sierra. I met some great people, came to Crossroads, still really didn't have my faith. Freshman year, I got into Palms at Chaparral High School, stopped coming to youth group. I was too busy is what I said. I was too busy, I couldn't come. That was a lie. I just didn't wanna come. I didn't understand, I still didn't understand. I was still in this deep pit and didn't know how to get out of it. My sophomore year, I met some great people. One of them was named Wes. Every morning we'd sit in the parking lot and we would listen to worship music and He forced me to come to church. My junior year of high school, I was still in Palms. My coach was very abusive to me. Dragged me down the stairs at Chaparral High School, bullied me, threw me around, called me a lot of rude names. Kicked me off the Palms team because I dressed too bad. I showed too much. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I was in between where my faith was. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. I was upset. Dance was my life, my life. It was everything for me, and I lost it. At that time, I ended up meeting my ex-boyfriend, and at the beginning of the relationship was great. Flowers, I love yous, couldn't say it back. He started to come to church with me. We went to a church together. It was everything a high school girl wanted. A little fling, I guess you could say. About midway through my junior year, he forced me to stop talking to all of my friends He forced me to move out of my house. I lost my family. I lost everyone in my life. I was completely isolated. I had no one. I didn't even have my own God. I didn't feel him. I didn't see him. I didn't know where he was. I was angry at him for letting all these things in my life happen. I blamed it on him. I blamed it on him because I couldn't blame it on myself. I steered myself in that way. I walked myself down that path. It wasn't him, it was me. I stopped going to church completely. Could not go, would not go. My family would not respond to me. And then I started going to parties. I started to drink alcohol. I started to do all different types of drugs. I couldn't get away from it. I was sucked in. 
I was deep in this pit and I could not get out. I continued down this road until I was unconscious, unable to move, unable to speak. I was just literally lying on a bathroom floor. March of 2020, I heard, I heard this voice that I hadn't heard in a very long time. A very, very long time. It was God. All I heard was Purple Heart. And for reference, Purple Heart is what me and my aunt would send each other when we were in bad situations, when we needed help, when we didn't know where to go, didn't know who to talk to, didn't know who to ask. And that's all, that's all I felt was Purple Heart. So I sent a message to my aunt of a Purple Heart. I got an immediate phone call. Immediately she asked me to send my location, pack up all my stuff, and she was coming to get me. She didn't know if my parents would let me back into their house. She didn't know where I would be. She didn't know if I was gonna be in her basement for the next however many years, whatever I needed, but she was there. She was gonna help me with whatever it was. My faith was gone. I had none. I didn't feel anything until that moment. And for reference, I want to talk about faith for just one second. I want to be that person that pulls up a dictionary definition. So if we can pull up the dictionary definition of faith. A strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. That is the dictionary definition of faith. Believing what you cannot see, but knowing that it is there no matter what. At this moment in time, I did not believe what I couldn't see. I struggled with that. My aunt picked me up, drove me to Littleton, Colorado to her house sat on the front porch with me and just talked. Keep in mind, I hadn't talked to her for two and a half years. That's how long I did not talk to my family. Two and a half years of catching up in about an hour. There was a lot to say, a lot to do. I confessed to her that I had been doing drugs and alcohol and that I needed help. My aunt is a big part of my life. She is someone who rescued me from everything that I did not imagine I could go through. And in that moment, she read me one Bible verse, one singular Bible verse. For we walk by faith, not by sight. She sat there in that moment and she told me, Kennedy, I understand that what you have been through is so hard, but you are so strong and you have to know that no matter what you cannot see, that he is moving in a million different amazing ways. About two weeks later, I got in contact with my family. My aunt drove me from Littleton to Parker. My parents did not want to talk to me. They wanted nothing to do with me. They did not care unless I was sober. 
I was not walking back into their house unless I had not touched a single form of drugs or alcohol. I sat on my family's front porch. I knocked on the door, scared senseless, literally. My dad opened the front door and he asked me, are you sober? The only word that came out of my mouth was trying. I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know what was going to happen. My aunt stood there with my bags. You know, I got a bunch of bags. I looked like a hitchhiker at that point. And my dad said to me, trying isn't good enough. I need you to do more than trying. I need you to be in a rehab center. I need you to be completely clean. And I need you back in a church. I looked at my dad and I said, I'll get clean, I'll get sober, but I'm not stepping back in a church, not after what my God has done to me. He looked at me and he said, your God has done nothing to you. You have done that to yourself. And he was correct. I could have gone down a completely different path, but I didn't. It happens for a reason. He, he knew that I had two different roads. God knows I have two different roads that I can go down. I chose the hard one. So I got in a rehab center. I have not touched a single drug or form of alcohol since. I completely cut it off. I was done, I was gonna do it, no matter what. If that meant that my family was back in my life, I was gonna do it, so I did it. After I got out of rehab, my sister called me. She looked at me. She said, I'm gonna need you to drive down to the Springs. That's where they lived at the time. So I, I drove down to the Springs in my parents' car because I crashed mine because I was angry. Drove down to my parents' car, told them I'd bring it back in one piece, and I did. Sat in my sister's kitchen, and she bawled her eyes out to me. She bawled to me. She was hurt by all the things that I had said and done to her, and that's understandably so. We talked about faith again, and I said that I lost my faith. I didn't know where it was. So my sister read me a Bible verse. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do, not what we see. And that stuck with me. I have confidence in my God that no matter what has happened in my life, no matter where I have been, that I'm here for a reason. That no matter how horrible these things were, it happened for a reason. I can't see that reason, I don't know that reason. Faith is like a big picture and I only see pieces. I see pieces of this picture and he sees a beautiful picture. He sees it all. He knows it all. I don't see any of it. I see little bits and pieces that are going to get me to where I'm going to go. I don't know where that is. I don't know where I'm going. But I have faith. I have faith that wherever I am going is going to be amazing. That I'm going to see this big, beautiful picture. So sitting in my sister's living room, I found a church. I got back in contact with Crispy. 
I walked back in a crossroads with my head kind of high. Wasn't prepared to tell Jeremy or Chris me what happened to me. Got back involved with a youth group. Met a lot of amazing kids. Seen a lot of good happen. And I'm a big part of that. It's important to know that we're not perfect, that we're not going to be this picture-perfect image. And it's so true in today's society that people think we have to be perfect, that we have to be this spitting image of just amazing. And we're not. We're nowhere near it. None of us are. But I know that no matter where I'm going now, that I have a God with me, that I have faith that no matter what I can't see is gonna be amazing someday. And it's important to remember that. It's important to remember that everything in our life happens for a reason, and I know when we go through bad things and we go through horrible times, that's what people say. It's happening for a reason. We hear it over and over again. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but it happens for a reason. I'm a spitting image of that. I've only been sober for a year and a half, and I've completely made a turn. You can too. It's, it's possible, I promise you that. It's amazing to see the way that God has walked in my life. It's amazing to see the way that God has walked in so many people's lives. And it's possible. It's okay to lose your faith. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be unsure. And that's what I want you guys to remember is that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be unsure of where God is taking me, but I know that where I'm going to get to is going to be absolutely amazing. That's what I want you guys to know. More than anything in the whole entire world, I hope you remember that a year from now. You may not remember my name, and that's okay. But I want you to remember that it's okay to not know. By a raise of hands, who right now does not know? Should be everyone in the room, right? None of us know. But who is okay with not knowing? And it's okay if you aren't okay with that. I know that's a hard thing to realize. But I hope you get to that point where you're okay with not knowing where you're going, but knowing that no matter where you do go, that you have your God by your side that's going to lead you to where you need to be. So if the band wants to join me back up here, I'm gonna pray for everyone tonight. So if we could all bow our heads. Dear God, I just want to thank you for bringing these kids here tonight to learn about you, to worship you, to love on you, and for you to love on them. Thank you for showing this, that even where we are right now, not knowing where we're going to go, that you're going to be there no matter what and that you will never leave our side. And that this road that we're going down is gonna be somewhere amazing and we're gonna see that beautiful picture someday. 
So God, we love you. And we thank you so much for everything you have done in our lives. And I thank you so much for everything you've done in these kids' lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.